Hey guys, it's RJ and Angie, and this is the Rich by Intention podcast. How you doing, babe? I'm good. Excited for Christmas. Yes, a few days to go. Yes, yes. Just excited for our daughter to open up her gifts. Are you really excited though? Because then we got to buy the gifts. (laughs) We definitely still need to buy them. But, you know, thank God she's still, she's very young. So she's just appreciative of the wrapping paper, to be honest. So. Okay, so I'm looking forward (laughs) to that. I'm not looking forward to getting to these long lines. But you know what I am excited for? Our guest today. Yes, we have a very special guest. We have Dr. Lynn Richardson with us on the podcast. Dr. Lynn Richardson is a financial expert, entertainment executive, and TV radio personality who uses her quick wit and humorous presentation style to help others face their money issues. She also shared her expertise on Good Morning America, The Breakfast Club, and other major media outlets. You know what's funny is that we were actually on the same Good Morning America segment with Dr. Lynn Richardson. Yes. Back in October. Yeah. So we're very excited just to have her on. Yeah. Just her story, right? Like she has a very interesting and inspirational story. So thank you guys for tuning into this episode. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and leave a review. And make sure you follow us on Instagram at richbuy intention for money tips and inspiration. We have a very, very special guest on the Rich by Intention podcast. She needs no introduction. We have Dr. Lynn Richardson, financial expert on the podcast, and we are just super honored to have her here to just share her wisdom and discuss winning in the year of 2022. So so Dr. Lynn, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself for those who may not know you? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I was born and raised in Chicago. As a matter of fact, my grandmother was 75 years old, cleaning homes for wealthy people, putting me through college. She taught me to go to school, get a good education, get a good job, go to church on Sunday, wear clean underwear in case get hit by a bus. You know, she taught me all of those things that grandmothers and big mamas and Medeas in our community teach their children. So when I got off to college, I had a lot of life sense, but I didn't have any money sense. When I needed money for something, I would ask my grandmother for the money and she'd tell me to look in the room, look in the room on top of the shelf, behind the box, inside a pocketbook, inside a zipper, wrapped up in a piece of paper towel is $20. So you had to look for the money forever just to find it. I never understood how she could uh, remember all those things. But when I got off to college, I made the mistake that lots of people make. I got a whole bunch of credit cards, couldn't pay anybody. When the creditors would call and say, Lynn, can you borrow the money? I'd say, can I borrow it from you? I had all kinds of crazy uh, answers and really fun answers. But when I got out into the real world, it wasn't so funny. Um, I had to get my furniture from Renner Center. My credit was jacked up. And um, I knew then that I had entered adulthood and it just did not seem right. My relationship with money was not what I thought it was going to be. Fast forward, I get married, three children, big house in the suburbs, biggest house in the subdivision, making lots of money. I helped a lady with four bankruptcies and two foreclosures overcome her credit issues. She got into a house with a 3% interest rate or something like that, $1,400 down. So I became somewhat of a a local celebrity around Chicagoland and then nationally um, helping people achieve the dream of home ownership. Um, But along that path, I was living a lie. I was living check to Monday. You see, check to check is a blessing. That means you get paid on Friday and by the next payday, you're broke. But check to Monday is an entirely different game. You get paid on Friday. You kick it on the weekend. You pay on your past due bills because in your mind, your current bills are not due yet. And by Monday, you're broke. And I was living that lifestyle 
making 20, 30, 60, $80,000 a month, a month, not a year. I was making that much money a month. So I spend my life now helping people understand that more money doesn't solve a money problem. And particularly uh, for couples, we get together and we've got two incomes and we think that everything is going to be great. And then you have that first child and you realize for every child you have, you need about a $50,000 raise for each child. If you want to educate them, if they're going to, you know, if somebody's going to take care of them while you work um, and so on and so forth. And so this is what I do. I have been uh, vice president at one of the world's largest financial institutions. And now I run companies for celebrities like Russell Simmons and MC Light, many others. And I'm just trying to help people be free. Uh, My goal is to help people achieve harmony. And I know that that harmony comes with um, having a certain degree of financial freedom in order to be able to live out what people see for their lives, their dreams, their goals, and the legacy that they want to live. So so that's who I am. I've been there, done it. I've got three adult daughters. My oldest graduated from Northwestern. My two youngest are at Howard University. I've been married to a man who I love for 26 years. And uh, Grandma B passed uh, two years ago, right before her 100th birthday. But I would have to say that I've been very, very blessed. And I have a lot of information and knowledge and how-tos to share with people to navigate through life, not just money, but relationships and uh, marriage and career and building businesses. And so, you know, I'm pleased to say that although I failed at a lot of things, I think I have succeeded at most people, things that people want to achieve. And I'm just very, very honored to be able to share those steps with people and to share those processes and systems. So that's who I am. That is an amazing introduction, Dr. Lynn. No, like your life story is so inspiring and so encouraging to so many people like us, right? Like it's just super encouraging just to know your journey. And I know that you grew up in the projects, you didn't come from money. And just to see the platform and the company that you've built, and the companies that you're leading is just amazing and motivational for for RJ and me. And so one of the questions that we have, you know, we're going into the year 2022, you know, it's been a challenging year for a lot of people, right? 2020, now 2021, you know, there's just been a lot going on. And so, you know, I know that you have this campaign around a new you in 2022, but can you just share for our listeners some of the things that they can do to just make 2022 an amazing year? Well, I would say the number one thing to make 2022 an amazing year is to do the best you can where you are with what you have right now. Now, give no you know, energy to the past, give no energy to what was wrong, um, give no energy to the things that did not work and focus on where it is that you don't, that you want to go. I think I saw a post that said, stop looking behind you. You're not going that way. You're going forward. And I think all too often people think uh, because of their mistakes that they can't move forward. And they think that their mistakes are always going to be looking at them and catching up with them. So that would be the the main thing I would say. The other thing I would say is to start now. Start right now at this moment. Give no thought to what you have to do six months from now or, you know, two years from now. Just make the next best decision today. And the next best decision today is to start. And tomorrow, the next best decision will be to continue. And the next day, the next best decision will be to get back on the path if you got off the path. And so take it one day at a time. And I would also say that the third thing, the one of the most important things is to write. I journal. I've been journaling for well, almost two decades now. And I actually, I still, I have all of my journals for the past 15 years. I can go back and look 
at anything that I have written, that I have cried about, that I have prayed for, that I have planned for. And I go back and I look at those things that I said I was going to do in 2008. And here it is now, 2021, 22. And not only did they come to pass, but they have expanded beyond my wildest dreams. So it's important to look at it's important to write and to look at what it is that you want to achieve so that you can have something to come back to. The other thing is thoughts disentangle themselves when they pass through your fingertips. It's one thing to think about what it is you want to do. It's another thing to actually see it and get the energy from that to make it happen. You know, I love that. And I was actually literally just talking to RJ about this because you're right. Like it's putting your thoughts on paper, putting writing your prayers down. Like I'm a huge advocate of just writing things down, having your journal. I actually just bought a new journal for myself because there's just something about when you actually write down your prayers to God, when you take the time to just see where you've been, right? You know, just keeping, you know, just the timeline of your life, of your life's journey is so valuable and just important, you know? So that's great advice. Yeah. One thing, you know, just to pivot back earlier that you talked about was one, congratulations on being married for 26 years. But you you talked about, you know, living paycheck to paycheck or living, you know, paycheck to Monday. And there's a lot of couples that are going through this similar struggle. Um, How did you and your husband overcome that? And what are some steps that couples can take action today with? Well, the the first thing that we did to overcome it is I confessed to all, all of the things that I did wrong. And I could not be offended or upset if he was feeling some type of way. So I confessed. And I think that's the first step in reconciliation or restoration for any kind of relationship. And that is to acknowledge what you have done wrong. I was so busy being an executive and having degrees in mathematics and all of those things and telling other people what to do, but I wasn't doing it for myself. So you cannot fix what you will not face. And so for me, it was acknowledgement. The next thing is he forgave me instantly. He did not hold it against me. He did not make me criminalize me. He did not demonize me. He did not make me feel worse than I already did. I was already feeling terrible for messing up our family finances. And he trusted me and I did not deliver. And so once uh, that happened, then we just decided as a team that we were going to make it happen. So it didn't matter who made more money. It didn't matter who was going to cook the dishes or cook the food or wash the dishes. We all pitched in to make it happen. And so I set my family down, my children as well, And I said, hey, this is a team. I'm the point guard. I'm going to go out and make the points and score. And all of us are going to have to work together to make it happen. So putting love first uh, and truth in there and then doing the work. Yeah, no, definitely. We get so much feedback from couples, like just not being on the same page when it comes to money and, you know, just asking for advice on like what they can really do to just get on the same page. How can they see eye to eye, you know, when it comes to their finances, any advice that you have for those couples that, that you can just share strategic tips that they can actually use to take action? Well, I mean, if both parties are willing, I would highly recommend that the couple gets financial counseling um, because there are a couple of things that happen in couples. One, you have with couples with money. One, you have financial infidelity, which means one person in the relationship is spending money that the other person either A, didn't authorize or B, did not know about. That's dishonest. (laughs) Not communicating is also dishonest. Sometimes people say, well, I didn't say anything. Yeah, the fact that you said nothing is also a lie because you knew that there were other expectations in place. That's from the women in the relationship going out and buying clothes and hiding them in the car until he's gone and then putting them in the closet to, you know, homeboy 
you know, just having money on the side that he's going to just decide, hey, I'm going to just do this with it, even though we agree to do something else. So I think financial counseling is important. Unfortunately, you typically cannot get both parties to agree that they need help. Um, And you cannot get both parties to agree on the same course of action, even if they do want help. And so, you know, literally what's happened in the past is if I have one person in the, in the relationship, they come to me and they say, Hey, Lynn, I want to get my money straight, but my spouse is not on board. I say, um, sign up for a class and then put this class on very loud in the house (laughs) while he's at home or while she's at home. And let me tell you, it works 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. 100% of the time, it works. Because they may not listen to the, the one person, but they're going to listen to me. Because I'm spitting the whole 100% unmitigated truth. And you either going to say, ouch, or amen, or both. And so I think when the other person starts to realize the truth about what they're doing with money, and how it actually is leading them in the opposite direction of what they want, Because we all want to be able to provide for our family, our significant other. We want to see them happy and whole. And sometimes we do that by spending, overspending frivolously on other things. Or, you know, you may have a situation in the relationship where one of the uh, people in the relationship is still giving their mother or their father or their brother, their sister money, but you don't have enough money for your household. And, you know, when I'm able to point things like that out, And if I ask you, if I was to sit and ask you, what do you want for this marriage? What do you want for this marriage financially? How do you see yourself in retirement? You know, I see us being retired. I want a vacation with my my wife. I want a vacation with my husband. I want to be able to do this and the other. And then I'm able to show them you're never going to get there doing this. Right. So in order to get from point A to point B, you have to crawl, walk, hop, skip, do something. But you can't move backwards. And what you're doing right now is moving backward. Let me let me prove it to you because you never have any extra money. So if you keep spending all of your money every single month on these other things, then you're never going to have the money to get to do the things that you want to do 20 years from now, 10 years from now. Let me tell you, those days are going to come. Well, you know, I how do I tell my mother? No. How do I tell my father? No. How do I tell my siblings? No. Here's the answer. No is a complete sentence. The answer is no. Mm-hmm. The second part of that is telling the truth. I don't have it. And sometimes we're afraid to admit to our loved ones that we can't do it. That was me. That's why I was living check to Monday because I was paying people's mortgages, car notes, helping everybody. I would loan money to people even when I didn't have it. So they wouldn't think I was broke, which I was. And I was doing that for family and friends and so on and so forth. And so that that wasn't really that wasn't the truth. And it wasn't going to get me where I was trying to go. So I just think it takes somebody outside of the couple to help them see that the behavior that they're engaging in actually is not going to get them to what their heart probably desires. So we got to get our heart to match our mind and to put those actions into place that are going to get us where we're trying to go. I love it. I love it. You know, Dr. Lane, you share so much wisdom and, you know, one of the things as, as you were speaking, you know, one of the concepts that you, you know, teach that you share with your audience is the 10, 10, 30, 50 budget. And this is a budget that can help couples get control of their finances. Can you just share with our listeners a little bit about that um, budget method and, you know, how couples can use it to, to really take control? Absolutely. The first 10% of every dollar you get, you tithe. I believe in tithing. For some people, that's to their church. Others may be to... Uh, some organization. 
or to some cause that is important to you. I started tithing when I was broke because people always say, well, I'm going to do it when I'm going to do it then. And then then comes and then you never do the thing. And um, so I started tithing anyway. And then I had to have the spiritual wisdom to know what to do with the rest. It forced me to gain some discipline. The next 10 percent you save um, and you put it in a, an account on the other side of town with no cash station card, with no access to it. Do not link it to your checking account so that you can use it instantly with overdrafts and things like that. The next 30% is cash on a separate debit card. This is a separate debit card specifically for all of your incidentals, like groceries, gas, hair, nails, the new iPhone. Um, yeah, everything, groceries, gas, hair, all of that. And people say, well, isn't groceries a bill? No. You know, groceries are a bit of a luxury because you don't have to eat all that food. You can have some basic beans and rice and make it if you are not, if you're struggling and so on and so forth. So this is an area where I want you to exercise some control. So that's why if you don't have enough money there, then you can't spend it because we often, you know, are guilty of a spending addiction. And a spending addiction is what you have when you go to the grocery store for toothpaste and walk out with $179.47 worth of stuff you don't need talking about it was on sale. And that was not on sale for you. So if you know that you only have $500 and this has to cover groceries, gas, lunch out with friends or, you know, whatever those extra things are. If you know that that's what has to happen, then you're going to um, be a little more cautious when it comes to your spending. The remaining 50 percent stays in your checking account for your bills. And either one or two things is happening. Either you have more than enough money, and in that case, you now want to take the excess money and apply it towards your debt. You may want to apply it towards a business trip. I call, I don't say vacation, I call every everything is business for me. So everybody needs a home-based business, which is a whole nother conversation. I probably need to come back for a whole nother sec uh segment on that. Yes. Um, but yeah, just because that really is the that's the name of the game. Everybody having multiple streams of income and one of those streams of income being a home based business. So if you've got more than enough money for your bills, allocate that to a business, to your investing, your retirement, but also to your debt, because there's a middleman between you and your goals. And it's called interest. Interest is earning the money that you can have. So if you pay that bill, those debts off, then you can now earn that money yourself or put it to work for yourself. If you don't have enough money for your bills in this 50%, then you must subtract whatever is in your way. You may have to subtract private school tuition. You may have to subtract piano lessons. You may have to subtract the gym membership, walk around the block. You don't, you know, walk in your house, get, you know, you may have to subtract some things because one plus one equals two. If your stuff adds up to 10, it's never going to get into two. So the first step is to make the math work. Make the mathematics work. Make the math work. It, like that is number one for all of us. We will no longer be confused if we make the math work. And I remember talking to a couple and they said, well, we've eliminated everything. The only thing we have left is our mortgage. And, you know, it's causing us to not be able. To, I said, well, eliminate it. It got to go. <laughs> Don't fall in love with the walls. Yeah. You need to live someplace that you can afford or you need to go and get more money to afford where you're at. But you can't every you can't be in a position every single month where you're saying, I don't have enough money and you're not doing anything to change that, except thinking you're going to win a lotto, get a sugar daddy or find a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. That's not going to work. So really, if we start to, you know, kind of kick ourselves in the butt a little bit, you know, it's a little bit it's, it's hard to do. But I had to eliminate lots of things. I had to take my kids out of private school. College is free. I told my kids, if you want to go to school, it's got to be free. 
If you get A's, you go to school for free. If you get C's, you go into the free school, the community college. You could work at McDonald's or somewhere and pay for it yourself, but I'm not going to pay for it, right? So everybody did their part in order to uh, accomplish that goal. And then some kids don't want to go to school at all. So it just comes down to being um, forcing ourselves to be practical, looking at the truth and dealing with it all. I love it. I love it. Doc, I know, Dr. Lynn, you have to run, but do you have time for one more question? Sure. Okay. So you've touched on so many great points, right? And, you know, it all comes down to just being willing to change your behavior. And a lot of times that can be challenging for most people. And so, you know, and it comes with a mindset shift. What's some advice for those who are listening just to kind of help with making that shift to change those behaviors so that they can start winning with their finances. Stop thinking you could do it alone, period. There is nothing that I've done that has been great that I have not achieved with some help. And I think platforms like this are great. And I think the most important next step is to get in the game. So when we listen to radio and podcasts and we watch TV and YouTube and, you know, I've got millions of videos, you can go and listen to so and probably not millions, but Literally, you could probably sit for probably close to a million hours if you wanted to watch everything that I have out there, but you can't get a strategy from watching it. In order to have a strategy, you have to get in the game. You have to get into classes. You have to get into a process. You have to get into a system that's going to help you get structured. And, and this is like, you know, I say this, this is kind of like going to kindergarten. When you go to kindergarten, your teacher has a strategy. She can't teach you how to read before she teaches you the alphabet. And unfortunately, too many of us don't realize that we are in financial kindergarten and we need to learn the financial alphabet before we can start to learn how to read. Now, if if you're lucky, the child may may remember that C-A-T spells cat or they may remember that S-I-T spells sit just from memory, but they don't have an understanding of how C, A, and T work together and why they work together. So in order to change ourselves financially, we have to undo all the doing we have done. (laughs) You got to undo all the doing we've done. You've been alive, you're 40 years old, you've been alive for over 14,000 days. That's 365 days a year at 10, that's 3,600 days, 20 years at 7,000, 40 years at 14,000 days. That means It's taken you 14,000 days to do what you have done to yourself today. So it's going to take some undoing in order to gain the new philosophies, the new mindset, the new strategies, and the new natural behaviors to do something different. And for most people, help is required. But it's also a good thing because then you get to avoid uh, common mistakes that people make. And when people make mistakes, they tend to fall off the wagon much sooner than if they've got someone guiding them. So I would say that would be the number one thing. I can't, of course, acknowledge God in all your ways and he will direct your path. That's the beginning, middle, and the end. But once Amen. you do that, Amen. get some help. Love that. That's a great actionable tip. Always important to you know get expert advice. It's always important to, you know, build community, be a part of people who are doing the same things that you're doing and just have a system and routine in place. So this has been amazing, Dr. Lynn. really appreciate you coming on and just showing so much wisdom and money tips. Uh, So lastly, where can people find you to learn more uh, and get to see more of the things that you've been talking about? Um, Go to asklynn.org and present your questions and I will get you some answers. (laughs) 
Definitely. Yes, yes, yes. No, this has been an amazing episode, Dr. Lynn. We are just so honored to just have you on the Rich by Intention podcast. You know, you're welcomed anytime. We definitely want to bring you back to talk about, you know, the home-based business and why that's important for people to start. We want to talk about the tax breaks, everything that you share okay. on your website. You know, we're just excited just to just to learn from you and just be be your student. So thank you for coming on. Yes, thanks so oh, much. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, and have a blessed day. Thank you for tuning into this episode. If you like what you heard, hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram at Rich by Intention for money tips and inspiration.